0: I'm Harville Hendricks, and Helen McKelly Hunt, and you are listening to The Soul of Life, which is awesome. We know you'll enjoy it. I was reasonably functional sexually. I just I thought there's got to be more here. There's you know, And sure enough, there is more.
1: Today on The Soul of Life, I speak with Dr. Betty Martin, who's had her hands on people professionally for over 40 years. First as a chiropractor, then as a certified surrogate partner, sacred intimate and somatic sex educator.
0: Oh, this is what my body feels like. This is how my body works. This is the feelings that come up in states of high arousal. This is what I tend to do with that. This is where the tears are. This is where the joy
1: is. Betty and I talk about the importance of getting to know your own body and your own sexuality. One thing that came out of that experience was
0: noticing that my sexuality and eroticism belonged to me. Well, it was such a shock that made me think, well, who did I think it belonged to? But then I realized that, well, growing up in the 50s and 60s as a heterosexual female, my assumption was it belonged to everybody else.
1: We talk about the rewards and the controversy of sexual surrogacy. It's not legal. And while it's not a mainstream intervention in sex therapy, surrogacy is something that Betty says is widely misunderstood and rarely involves intercourse.
0: Actually, it doesn't happen that often. It's a world of difference when you can have an experience with someone who knows what they're doing, can hold the space for you and and hold you in compassion and teach you some skills. There's just no substitute.
1: Betty shares about one of her favorite exercises that helps resolve confusion around giving and receiving pleasure, something you hear at a swing party. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or or it could be something that's... That sounds that's, fun. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> just, I'm just going to keep that and let people think about that for a moment. We'll, we'll get back to the three-minute game. What, what could that be? I asked Betty to give an overview of an amazing and incredibly simple focusing activity you can do with one of your hands that unlocks a vast potential for tactile responsiveness and pleasure.
0: It really shows you what is your relationship to pleasure. Is it okay to feel it? Is it okay to take action towards it?
1: And finally, Betty teaches about the power of slowing down your attention and learning how to trust your whole body's sensory experience. Welcome to The Soul of Life. I'm Keith Miller. So I would like to really redefine sex as
0: get away from this idea that inserting something somewhere is the only thing that counts. That's ridiculous. And if that's what you think sex is, then I feel sorry for you because you're missing your half the fun.
2: I've heard stories about exes calling up brides on their wedding day, professing all the love from a once upon a time that they threw away. And the fear that I'm fighting is constantly rising in the back of my mind, is that you'll finally open up your eyes, that you leave me for another guy. Yeah, it's a scary truth that maybe I don't know you in the way they do. You always tell me I'm the only one you want to be with, so why can't I believe it? Yeah, old boyfriends kind of scare me, cause they all got a little bit of history with you. Even when you try to tell me that I got no real reason to worry. My mind starts to imagine things that never happen. I start to believe that you're still in love with some other has baby, I'm just asking, do you think I'm gonna be the last one? Do you think
1: I'm gonna be the last one? I'm Keith Miller, and my podcast, The Soul of Life, is here to help you remember who you really are. I'll bring together people who have gotten off their treadmills. I'll have conversations with athletes, musicians, doctors, scientists, healers, and entrepreneurs, To discuss the fascinating edges of our knowledge in neurobiology, psychology, and physics.
2: This is
1: the soul of life. Have you ever been in a position where you know that you or your family member really needs emotional support or marriage enrichment, but you find out how expensive it is to get access? To high-quality, out-of-network professionals? Well, I've created the Soul of Life community just for this. At community.souloflifeshow.com, you can join for free and be part of a network of caring and supportive people having conversations that can bring healing to your soul it's there that you'll find access to psychoeducational courses to deal with stress anxiety and relationship conflict for example right now i'm offering a seven-week immersive course for couples called mindful marriage that walks people through a mindfulness-based stress reduction curriculum i designed that really gives couples in conflict a map towards stability trust and deeper intimacy Just go to community.souloflifeshow.com, check out the courses, and join for free to be part of the Soul of Life community of learners and soul seekers. Dr. Betty Martin is a chiropractor, a body electric school-trained sacred intimate, certified sexological body worker, foundations of facilitation trainer, and a self-propelled erotic adventurer and intimacy coach. She's had 30 years of hands-on professional experience, first in therapeutics with chiropractic, somato-respiratory integration, educational kinesiology, Reiki, neuro-emotional integration, and later in body-based erotic education, including sensual massage, Taoist erotic massage, Kashmiri tantric massage, and sexological body work. Betty Martin, great to have you here. How are you?
0: Thank you. I'm well. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm delighted to speak with you about some topics that I think some people, including myself, don't always get to talk openly about. Terrific! <laughs> <There's... laughs> I
0: nice talk about all kinds of things all the time.
1: <laughs> You're the one. Yes, yes. Um, I was sharing before with you that I work a lot, a great, a great deal, with couples, and sex is one of the things that I work with. And as some people may know, is some of my listeners are therapists. And so they, you know, we'll, we'll try to avoid some lingo here today, but some listeners are maybe their eyes may be wide open to the yeah. range of menu choices on the field of sexology and sexual therapy. And where you fall on that may be outside of some pe- some listeners' menu choices, but you have a I wonderful range <laughs> <laughs> of experiences and comfort level. Um, you described yeah. yourself as a is growing up in a touchy feely hippie um, family or community? Yeah. I guess that's so. my
0: generation. I feel very lucky.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you're a teacher. You mentioned that you wanted, you got clarity. Um, you clarified some of the intent around maybe I'm guessing sort of how to do this work professionally, mm-hmm. right? Versus just having a, a philosophy or a lifestyle. So yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how you got started, when you started to become more clear about the professional side of it. I'd love to talk about boundaries today because that's one of the things. There's so many triggers in our conversation for oh, some yeah. people. So yeah. Um, yeah, let's get right into it.
0: <laughs> well, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, knowing you, we'll take it slow.
0: <laughs> that's right. We'll take as long as we darn well please. Um. Right. I was a I'm a I'm a mom and a grandma. I was a chiropractor for about 30 years. I retired since retired from that. And while doing that in my mid 40s, I took a workshop in women's sexuality from the Body Electric School. And um and I You know, I was reasonably functional sexually. I just, I thought there's got to be more here. There's, you know. And sure enough, there is more. And the workshop was um, not about sex per se, but it was about exploring who we are as erotic beings in a broader sense of eros. And it was essentially about going within our bodies To find out, oh, this is what my body feels like. This is how my body works. This is the feelings that come up in states of high arousal. This is what I tend to do with that. This is where the tears are. This is where the joy is. And this is what, it it kind of made me rethink the question of what is Eros? Which I don't think I ever been asked before that. Um, So it was a very... Personal journey. It wasn't about sex technique or something like that. It was, it was who am I as an erotic being and what is my body capable of and what happens when I experience these things. So it was a journey that I went on for a number of years, starting with the workshop and then with following workshops and then meeting regularly with cohorts and just experimenting a lot. And one thing that came out of that experience was noticing rather suddenly that my sexuality and eroticism belonged to me well it was such a shock that made me think well who did I think it belonged to like of course it belonged to me but then I realized that well growing up in the 50s and 60s as a heterosexual female my assumption was that it belonged to everybody else. It, I I was supposed to be sexy the way somebody wanted me to, or I was supposed to want what I was supposed to want, and I was supposed to not want what I didn't, and I, I, I was supposed to be responsive to someone else's desire. And so taking all that back into my own ownership was quite a big aha. Um, there are lots of other ahas, but that was a big one. Yeah. And so then after some years of exploring this with other people and just learning a heck of a lot about sexuality and eros, um, I decided I wanted to offer some of those experiences to other people. And so I closed my chiropractic office and I moved into the city. I was living in a small town, moving to the city and opened a new studio where I did what I call sacred intimate work. And the word sacred intimate was developed by um, uh, Joseph Kramer, who was the original founder of the body electric school. And there's no, there was, there's some minor training for it, but it's mainly taking people, guiding people through erotic experiences that are useful for them. And, help bring more awareness and more skill and more emotional uh healing around Mm -hmm. eros and it's not legal because you may might be interacting with somebody in a sexual way or you Mm -hmm. might not be it just depends on the client Mm -hmm. but it wasn't legal but my kids were grown and i was okay with that and um, and I was very careful with how I described what I was doing. And, you know. um, so I have variously described that work as sacred intimate or sex coaching or, or sacred whore was another term that came up based on a long lineage of doing, engaging with people erotically for purposes.
1: Kind of reclaiming that word, right?
0: Yes, reclaiming that word. And among friends, just plain whore, which I came to appreciate as, uh, again, a reclaiming. It's a word I say with tremendous respect and gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And also recognizing that I, I have a privileged position that I don't have to work on the street. I don't have to take any client that I don't want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I realized that that's a privileged position as far as sex work goes, but,
2: right.
0: but as far as the law went, I, you know, I, I wasn't legal Yeah, and I was okay with that. And the, uh, yeah. So on the one hand I had clients who I was doing sex coaching with that were very, Very careful, very slow. We were always clothed. We would do exercises about embodiment and setting boundaries and asking for what you want. All these basic skills, which are really not about sex, but they have a tremendous effect on your sexual experience. Of course they do. And I learned that um, most of the problems people have with sex are really not about sex. They're about Learning how to be happy in your own skin, learning how to relax, learning how to notice what you want and trust it, and communicate it. Knowing how to respect your own boundaries, knowing how to respect somebody else's boundaries, knowing being comfortable with your own experience of pleasure, knowing how to receive a gift, how to give a gift.
1: You have a very full menu choice choice of menu for for how you serve people and how you help facilitate healing. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I also had spent about 30 years learning and practicing and teaching peer counseling, hmm. co-counseling. And I feel like that gave me kind of a foundation for understanding, well, guess what? We all have feelings and guess what? They're okay and this is you know right. what you can do with them. Right. and i'm i'm not a therapist you couldn't pay me enough to be a therapist <laughs> like that is a responsibility i do not want um and i i respect the skill of therapists and there's lots of different ways that people need help yeah yeah
1: let's let's talk about your latest contribution your your body of work includes something called the wheel of consent, and also an adaptation of something called the three minute game, which which mm-hmm. I think could be a something you hear at a swing party, <laughs> 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 or or it could be something that that's sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> <right>? <laughs> just I'm just going to keep that and let people think about that for a moment. We'll, we'll get back to the three minute game. What what could that be? Well, it's quite interesting, and it and so again, there's a whole range of ways that your your um, teaching can be used with. Yeah. You know, sort of yeah. what we could say maybe G-rated and all the way up to, if we have yeah. to, say X-rated. Absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit about the Wheel of Consent.
0: Well, actually, I want to start with the three-minute game because that's sure. where the Wheel of Consent started.
1: Great. So
0: um, at one of these workshops that I was going to those years, um, th- we learned a game called the three-minute game. It was developed by a man named Harry Faddis, who's a therapist. And the game is this, two people and you take turns asking each other these two questions, and then you do whatever you agreed to do. The two questions are, what do you want me to do to you for three minutes? Well, <laughs> hell yeah, I can think of some fun things. <laughs> and then and then you, you know, you you negotiate and agree, and then you do the thing. Mm-hmm. And the other question is, what do you want to do to me? For three minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah! I can think of some fun things there as well. So, um, so you it, when you when there's two people and two questions, you end up with four rounds of the game. Mm-hmm. In one of them, I'm doing what you want, and in another one, I'm doing what I want. And there's a very big difference between those two.
1: Speak about that for a second. And and then, then, that and that then may then not be obvious. What,
0: and then you're doing what you want and then you're doing what i want
1: so four okay. variations four
0: variations yep and when you overlap them by asking well who is doing and who it's for then you get four quadrants so yes it's just geometry yep
1: i'll put a graphic up yeah. with, uh, with your permission to so sure. that this can be easy to see for people yeah. watching the video but yeah. there is that intersection and overlap yeah and the the second question Say that again, because it's a little bit... At first, it sounds like an obvious question, but it's not yeah. one we usually are asked.
0: That's right. Uh, so when I, I, so I started using this with my clients because I figured, okay, it's going to be a nice transition from the talking, history-taking, planning part of the session to the touching. Mm-hmm. And then I narrowed it down just for my own uses. So now I use, how do you want me to touch you and how do you want to touch me? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the two different questions that you're talking about. Yeah. Right.
2: Right.
0: Um, yeah. It's quite a difference. And for most of us, when we are doing the touching, we're giving a back rub or we're feeling somebody up or, you know, our hands are on our, our sweetie. Mm-hmm. We tend to think that it's for the benefit of the person being touched. And sometimes it is, as it should be. But what's very often missing is the opportunity to touch someone just because you want to, just because it feels good to your hands. And that's a foreign concept to most people. And for most people, as I'm teaching it in sessions and workshops, it can be very difficult to find and it very often brings up an emotional response of shame or guilt or confusion or sadness or any number of things. Um, but it, it's a fundamental human need and desire to take action for what you want and to, and to, you know, feel up and interact with a person. So and, and, and yet that gets cut off pretty systematically when we're small because you're not supposed to feel people up.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and it gets cut off for different reasons, I imagine, oh, yeah. as, as, as we are, as we, as if we're a parent and we go through this sort of yeah. merging with our infant, especially moms who, yeah. who, who literally allow their body to be accessed as yeah. needed for the physical nourishment of the child. And then, that transition can be so tricky, right? When when the mother needs to say no and the, yeah. and, and the child needs to say no or, or you know, it's learning yeah. those boundaries. Right. right,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: So we yeah, struggle. Yeah, you
0: ask any little kid, you know, they will stick their fingers in your nose and climb all over you and like they know how to do stuff that they want to do. Right. But we, we we learn how not to, which is fortunate.
1: Yes. We we need these boundaries. We need these boundaries. Absolutely.
0: And it, for many people, it's just completely cut off after that.
1: So. Yeah. 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 You're, you're speaking, um, I feel like Betty, as someone who know, who uh, is often speaking about polarities with people within ourselves and within society and everything, you're speaking to both sides of the cultural polarity, I think, around sexuality and eroticism that on the one hand, you, you know, on, on behalf of having safety and freedom right uh and you know we we have rules so that we can move freely
2: yeah <laughs> perhaps we
1: we move freely so that we can have definition you know we yeah. we find our definition by moving freely we find out who we are yeah. so these two things go together and you speak very eloquently about that and a lot of people may not um you know they they may not give it a full all of its worth, you know, when they hear somebody's meeting, you know, someone's paying money and they're having sexual, and you know, an exchange of sexual intimacy. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. a lot of people just hear that right away and and this, they make up the rest of the story.
0: Yeah, mostly there's really not a very good story around
1: it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. We have yeah. this, I wanted to ask you about this term that for any of the my listeners who are professional in the professional health fields, and mental health, sex worker, uh-huh. um, is a term that just rolls off the tongue for all of us. But for some listeners, they would not really understand why that term is being used and why yeah. not call it prostitution, right? This is sort of, why not refer yeah. to it as something with one of these older traditional terms. But right. in our professions, we've we've gotten rid of that term. Um, yeah. Can you speak a little bit about how that
0: Yeah. Well, prostitution, of course, is a legal term and is appropriate sometimes.
1: Please take the time now to subscribe to The Soul of Life wherever you're listening, give it a thumbs up, or write a positive review.
0: Sex Worker was coined, uh, I think, in the 70s, and I think it was by Carol Lee. Um, but it's a much broader umbrella. It includes um Strippers, escorts, erotic massage artists, porn uh, performers—you know, all, all kinds of people. Right, and it just means you're working in the field of human arousal, sexual arousal. If you're working with sexual arousal, you're a sex worker, broadly defined. Um, and uh, and that is a very important work to be done in the world. It's, I mean, yeah, you, you think, well, that's too intimate. You know, that shouldn't be sold. Well, should cooking be sold? You know, like, is it cooking and eating a very intimate thing? Potentially. But we pay people to cook for us all the time. So I think it's this, Link between, well, sex is only okay if it's in this kind of relationship. And it's got to be heterosexual and it's got to be married. And it's got to be or a committed partner or something. And it's simply not true.
1: Let's, let's go back to the wheel of consent a little bit and talk okay. about, you know, what do you see as what typically happens when someone is has confusion? What typical You know, presentation does someone have when they have confusion around giving and receiving?
0: Um, That's a good question. Well, I'm using the word receiving, giving in a little different way than a lot of people do. When you hear the word receive, or you say the word receive, very often what you mean is something is coming your way and it arrives. You receive a letter in the mail, you receive a package. You receive a caress. You receive a blow to the head. So it doesn't mean that you want, you receive a pass to the 20-yard line. It doesn't mean that you want it. It just means it arrives. It happens to you. So you could receive unwanted touch. So that's one use of the word receive. But another use of the word receive is that it is something that I want and you're willing to give it to me. And so it's a gift for me and something mm. that I want. But now there's a problem because maybe what I want is for you to give me something, you know, a back rub, for example, or some peaches from the tree in your yard or something. Or what I may want is something that I'm doing that you're allowing me to do, like put my hand up your shirt. Well, now I'm the one who's doing, but but it's receiving a gift for me that you are happily giving me. Now, so is, and one, one use of the word we have receive means it happens to me whether I want it or not. And another use of the same word means it's something that I want, And it may be something you're doing, or it may be something I'm doing. So you have this confusion about the word receive. When I started working with the the wheel of consent, I had to choose one of those. And I chose receive means it's for me. It's a gift that you're giving me. It may be something that you're doing. It may be something that I'm doing. Um, So. So when I that's that's how I use the words. when I'm describing who's doing I'll just say who's doing right. So in the in the three minute game example that we gave where I'm asking you how do you want to touch me and maybe you want to play with my hair for example so you're reaching over you play with my hair you're the one who's doing but I'm the one who's giving a gift. So you are receiving that gift, and receiving is inherently vulnerable. It just is. It's not because you're broken. It's just right. the way of it. Right. Yeah.
1: It, it reminds me of that song by uh, the lyric in in the song by Cheap Trick. I want <laughs> you. I want you to want me.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not enough that you're doing this because I ask you to do it. I want yeah. you to want. I want you to receive pleasure. Yeah, because yeah. you want that for me, and you enjoy yeah. Yeah. letting me do that to you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah and I think there's uh, what the wheel of consent or what the three minute game is made clear is that there's room for both, and there's different times for both. If I ask you for a back rub, or I go and get a professional massage. I don't care whether you enjoy it, you know, I it's for me and mm-hmm. I want it the way I want it. And if you are allowing me to feel you up, it's nice if you enjoy it, but it's really for me, it's a gift you're getting for me and I'm going to feel you up the way I want to feel you up right. within right. your, you know, within your boundaries, of course.
1: Within your consent, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I see. I, yeah. I see a lot of couples struggle with that. What, what sometimes a Barry McCarthy is one of the teachers in our area who's been around for a long time teaching about sexology and sexual intimacy. And I think it was his work talking about this idea that there are these modes or gears that we can shift into, you know. And so one of the gears is that it's it's mutual pleasure. We we're both doing something that we enjoy. And like you said, sometimes mm-hmm. it's another gear. Some couples mm-hmm. have a hard time shifting into the gear of Mm-hmm. I find, especially younger couples, yeah. um, that, oh, sometimes it's just for yeah. you. I think parents realize pretty quickly that if you have little kids, sometimes it is about <laughs> sort of, yeah. it's, it's that quickie or that's yeah. that, um, sort of yeah. on demand type of thing yeah. that otherwise, yeah. if you don't have sex by appointment, you don't have sex. It ain't
0: going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, when we were dating, we totally had sex by appointment. <laughs> You know, I'll come, I'll see you on Thursday night, you know? Right. Nobody seemed to have a problem with that. Yeah. And it's kind of like the difference between, and sometimes people hear the idea of taking turns and they say like, oh yeah, terrific, that sounds great. And some people, surprising number of people, are very resistant to taking turns because it doesn't sound romantic. It doesn't sound enlightened that, you know, well, we, we're in love. So we, for us, receiving is giving. And it's like, what you gifts are only for those people who aren't in love so very much. Like, what's mm-hmm. that about?
1: I um, think that's why Ian Kerner's book, She Comes First, was so mm-hmm. such a runaway success. Yeah. The just yeah. this, I, this radical idea that you would, just take turns and and, yeah. and and there's some something helpful <laughs> yeah. about yeah. having the female go first sometimes yeah. your book is called the art of receiving and giving the wheel of mm-hmm. consent and mm-hmm. um how is how have people responded to it
0: they are loving it which of course i am loving hearing that's right
1: <laughs> you love that they love it
0: i love that and i i it took me so darn long to write it that it it gave me time to Build up quite an email list and uh because i was already teaching workshops and stuff so i had a a ready audience waiting for it um and now it's starting to creep out a little bit into a more mainstream audience but at first it was kind of my little bubble of (laughs) of fan club you know Um, great
1: nice to have people like you who are teachers and using media on YouTube and that sort of thing one of the things that took off as you know we spoke about this a little before a few years ago um, was an organization called one taste but the, the the thing that they were that became really hot this was in New York but the thing that they were teaching they were having these workshops called orgasmic meditation mm-hmm. and uh, I'll maybe I'll let you describe it but um, I'm, I'm curious what your your sense and opinion is about that practice?
0: The, the practice is really simple. It's a it's a person who owns a vulva is lying down and a, some other person, typically a penis owner but not necessarily, is stroking the clitoris with a very tiny, very light, very specific stroke over and over and over. It is heavenly it's really a terrific practice and one one thing that it does is it removes the sex from the experience. like it's no it's not about hooking up it's you know and it's not even really about taking turns cuz mm-hmm. it's the vulva owner's turn it's one good. way it's one way and it i think it's 15 or 20 minutes or something if you set a timer and it also allows the vulva owner to completely relax into their experience instead of having to perform something, which many people do perform. We all know that. Um, so I love the, the exercise. The, What how it fits into the wheel is kind of interesting because it's clearly for the person who's being stroked. But they also teach that the stroker, the person who's using their finger, should also attend to their sensation in their finger and really focus there and enjoy it. And so, which I think is a great idea. Because it makes you more sensitive and aware of what you're doing, um, but they they used they this was before they knew the wheel. I don't and you know this was before the wheel was around. Um, I think it was confusing about who it's actually for, because it's for the stroke e, but the stroke r was encouraged to attend to their own pleasure, so it could be a little confusing or like well I'm supposed to be doing this for me so why am I doing it for you kind of mm, thing so mm-hmm. that was sometimes problematic um, I don't know what's happened to the organization in recent years I, I'm not a fan of the organization but I'm a big fan of the process
1: yeah people yeah. can look that up on their and, own and you,
0: Yeah, you, there's you know. videos online about how mm-hmm. to do it and they're great you just do it yeah
1: right. And the, they were, they were having these classes, kind of a group sexual mm-hmm. environment and mm-hmm. with, with your own partner. Um, yeah. Yeah. and, uh, but the stroke er remains completely clothed. And so it really is mm-hmm. not a, it's not yeah. an experience for the, right for the partner giving. Although right. what you said makes sense that it would, that every, ex- yeah. I mean, how can we really it, separate those things? It's, it's just yeah, it, hard. It,
0: there, there were times when there was a lot of confusion and hurt feelings around that.
1: I can imagine their feelings get hurt so easily with sex, don't they? Yes, they
0: they do. They sure do. Yeah.
1: And I, I, I'm often coaching my clients around how, like you, I think you said earlier, that it's really our mind, which is the biggest sexual organ, our brain.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) I I don't know who's originally said that, but it's true. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Right. And half the time, if we can just relax, we can probably have sex a lot better.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's generally true. And the what, how are you defining sex? I, mean, I think that's a really big question. And I did see on your website where you interviewed those two young women, and I haven't listened to it yet, but I would imagine that they're also asking this question, like, is sex defined as intercourse? And if that's the case, what if you, what if you're not a penis vulva pair? What if you're some other configuration? And you know, what if you're not having intercourse or what happens if intercourse is not on the table or what happened, you know, like, so I would like to really redefine sex as get away from this idea that inserting something somewhere is the only thing that counts. That's ridiculous. And if that's what you think sex is, then I feel sorry for you because you're missing half the fun.
1: You're missing out a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, th- there's a resource out there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's called OMG Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I haven't
1: seen it. Which is really just a guide for it's a, the, the, the these producers have put together a series of videos that you can subscribe to. And the, the person that recommended it to me was also in, in a therapist and was talking about how they use it with their clients. And It's really just women showing how they touch their vulva and
0: oh great and
1: and the different ways they use their fingers oh cool for some people that is just mind blowing they're using vibrators all the time they really don't have a sense of what their hands can do
2: yeah Yeah. um
1: I told one client the other day I maybe you know maybe keep the vibrator off for for a month and yeah. See what you find. See what you find. And then it might be easier for you to be open to your husband who may struggle to be relaxed with his hands or not not even using his hands. So we have these boundaries that we come up or rules that we have.
0: So many fun ways to explore.
1: I wonder if you would lead us in the exercise that you developed, speaking of hands and fingers. and Uh um, What a wonderful... I like to say antenna that are, uh, and I yeah. really want to uh, thank you for this. Is yeah. you know, as I teach meditation and letting people use this idea that their hands or whatever body part they're focusing on. By the mm-hmm. way, some people can orgasm with touching ran, yeah. random body parts. Sure. Well, of course, it really just depends on your level of yeah. focus and attentiveness. And
0: yeah, I um, think we need to just chill on this over focus on genitalia. I mean right. I mean genitals are terrific. I mean thank goodness we have them. And there is so much more to a full erotic expression of being able to move and touch and explore and play and experiment and you know you can have sex and not even be in the same room, you know. So yeah. And, and the more we focus on our genitals, um, then we sort of act like, well, their job is to get me off or to get them off or to, you know, it's like now they have a job to do. And I think that's a terrible loss of potential joy. The, the hands of meditation, um, Rather than go all the way through it, because I don't think we really have time, I'll I'll describe it. And then you can also see it on my website at BettyMartin.org. But it's essentially lean back and put a pillow or a towel in your lap and then take some random object like a pen, for example. And when you start to, you you pick it up and you know immediately what it is. Okay, it's a pen. (laughs) And then you stay there a little longer and you use your hands to explore it. And you find, okay, it's sharp here. It's smooth here. It's bumpy here. Um, maybe it's soft or fuzzy or maybe it's warm or cool. You just notice whatever you notice. And it's you bring your attention back to your hands over and over and over because your mind will wander. That's its job. So it's supposed to do, and then you bring it back, and you attend to the sensation in your hands, and stay there for a few more minutes. A few more minutes, and you'll notice that it becomes very interesting. And what happens is that the the item itself kind of fades away, and you notice that oh, there's the sensation in my hand. So the attention moves from the item to your hand, and you notice that, oh, it, it feels pleasant. That's like I can scratch it here, I can tickle it, I can use different parts of my hand. I'm here. You can't see that I'm here tickling mm-hmm. my fingers, you know. Um, and very often, and this is over a period of a number of minutes, very often there'll be an emotional response. Because we are hooking up sensory nerves and brain areas that haven't talked to each other in a long time. And tears are very common. Sometimes confusion, sadness is very common. Sometimes shame or guilt, even though you're not harming anyone, you know, but you're just as, as the pleasure wakes up. Really what you're, what you're showing here is what is your relationship to pleasure? Is it okay to have it? Is it okay to have it if there's no reason? If you're not giving to someone or no one's giving to you, it's just your nerve cells and your brain cells talking to each other and what happens when that happens. And it's, it's very revealing. People have all kinds of different responses to this of the thousand and more people that I've taught this to the number for whom it was immediate and obvious was about six Hmm. and then there were a few dozen for whom it was extremely difficult tears shame just about debilitating um confusion or it was just very um uh, mysterious they like they just couldn't feel anything and most people it's in between it just Mm. takes a little fiddling around and um and i recommend that if you want to play with it you know five minutes a day or something or you just you know or you'll notice your hands when you're sitting at the bus stop you know feel Mm. up the bench a little bit um But it 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 really shows you what is your relationship to pleasure. Is it okay to feel it? Is it okay to take action towards it? That's a whole different thing. Maybe it's okay to feel it if you know somebody else is giving it to you. So you know, but ain't nobody else here.
1: Yeah, we get confronted right away with the stories we're making up about our actions. Yeah,
0: that's quite interesting. And.
1: and These, I'll encourage people to follow your, the link on, and I'll put a link to it so people can sit and do the exercise. Your, your prompts are very, um, sort of hypnotizing, like a meditative, very relaxing. (laughs) And so that helps, I think, to have someone else's, um, nervous system that you as the guide to be, uh, in that calm place. It can help our own nervous system.
0: I I did want to answer your surrogate question. Uh, Surrogacy, if your folks are not familiar with it, um, masters and johnson back in the whenevers they were i forget 60s i think hmm. they were developing these exercises for couples but if you don't have a partner uh, then you don't have anyone to do the exercises with and so then they trained people who could be a surrogate partner so that their clients could do the exercises and most people think of uh, and they were very well used um, through the 60s and 70s. I think it was when, interestingly, it was when Viagra came on the market that their use plummeted. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, so, so the surrogate works in a triad with the therapist and the client and the surrogate. They're all three communicating with each other. And that's what, so it is a form of sex work and you probably won't have surrogates calling themselves sex workers, but uh, I know a number of people who are both. Um, But they, you work in a triad with the therapist so that, uh, because you're all there in support of the client, of course. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that uh, a surrogate means you're going to have sex with them. And actually it doesn't, happen that often. More often, you'll be teaching them how to hug. You may be teaching them how to hold hands. You may be coaching them on uh, grooming skills, dating skills, you know, mm-hmm. touch skills. Um, so uh, sex as defined by intercourse doesn't actually happen that much.
1: Right, right. You're talking about uh, a level of Awareness that sometimes, sometimes many of us may take for granted about yeah. reading the cues of another person or having our yeah. body respond. Yeah, in it's the presence easy. of another person,
0: some therapists are hesitant to use surrogates for licensing reasons, and also I imagine because they just don't know about it. And there are a number of people who are who train. Surrogates and client surrogates and therapists and how to work together. And I can give you some of those
1: links. Yeah. And, and you're talking about this triad and there, that's for many reasons, but it's coordination of care. But it's also, Mm -hmm. I imagine to really make clear what is going to be happening and what is not Mm -hmm. going to be happening so that it's not just someone calling and the next day you're taking clothes off with them. It's, it's, it's a process and it's safe for everybody.
0: Yeah.
1: And consensual for everybody.
0: It's it's a wonderful system and it just it, it's a world of difference when you can have an experience with someone who knows what they're doing, can hold a space for you and and hold you in compassion and teach you some skills. There's just no substitute. Yeah.
1: Well, your book is called The Art of Receiving and Giving, The Wheel of Consent.
0: When you go to that book website, which she just gave you, you can get a free chapter. So I encourage you
1: to do that. That's wonderful to speak with you, Betty Martin. Thank you for being with us here today.
0: You are so welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Hey, I've started a community for Soul of Life fans interested in talking about episodes or getting more information about some of my teaching on IFS, mindfulness, and relationship growth. Head on over to show to get access to this group of really cool people just like you who care about the show and want to talk about episodes or, or hear more, or get access to courses, and, and support each other through life. That's what this is all about. Please leave an iTunes rating for the show and subscribe now wherever you listen to get more soul in your life.
0: I like it and it's not harsh to my
2: eardrum. All right, I will go.
1: Including sens- sensual mashes, including sensual. <laughs> try that again.